Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum, and brought to you by Marketing Guys, the MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast, on which I today have Kaspar, Kaspar Thickier, who is the CEO and co-founder of Zappar. Um, and we're going to talk about accessible QR codes today and what that is. Caspar uh, will explain later on, and we, we, we're going to, let's say, explore all the possibilities and have some examples and use cases, etc. But first of all, Caspar, could you give a brief introduction of yourself? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thank you for inviting me on the show. Uh, well, so um, Zappa is a mobile-focused computer vision company um, with a mission, really, to democratize augmented reality. So in, in all its forms, really, so AR, MR, VR, sometimes referred to as XR, of course. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess we we offer a camera capability, yes, that is hot, um, to our partners uh, to meet the different needs uh, for them in delivering sort of more immersive experiences and, and to add value to their end customers and consumers. And that can be through uh, B2B or B2C use cases. It could be internal or external comms, et cetera. Uh, and, and as you mentioned, you know, out of that investigation over the last 12 years that we've been in business and you know, really specifically looking at um, how we can find and detect objects when they're very small in the camera view, uh, you know, over the last couple of years, uh, we've begun to develop uh, Zap Vision and this idea of accessible QR codes specifically to help the blind and partially sighted when it comes to accessing product information on, on, uh, on packaging. Cool, cool. That sounds very interesting. And we're going to talk about all the possibilities um, uh, of these accessible QR codes. Uh, but first of all, um, I'd like to know a little bit, bit more about your background, because what, what led you to found Zappar? Or what did you do prior to Zappar? Because this this didn't come, let's say, falling from the sky, as we say here in the Netherlands. Yeah. Um, so so what, 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 what's, your, what's what, elaborate a little bit, little bit about your on your background yeah sure well i guess my background um in, in business started in, in advertising in in the mid 90s and i was really fortunate to uh work at uh, a london agency called abbott mead vickers bbdo which is part of the omnicom group um mm-hmm. and amv was um you know and has been for, for some time one of the preeminent um agencies um in the advertising landscape um and I had a great time there. I was a, uh, an account person and, and was a board director eventually and, and head of new business. Um, so really uh, loved uh, advertising and communication in general. Um, and as many in advertising do, went on to uh, help start a, a new agency called Campbell Doyle Dye um, at mm-hmm. the time. Uh, worked there for um, sort of seven years. Uh, uh, and that was very interesting, you know, coming out from a big agency uh, to then running uh, your own business, you know, with other people and, you know, everything that you learn about business there, which you don't when you're kind of, you know, uh, in the cozy environment of a big agency. So that was uh, exciting. And went from there uh, into PR and worked as the COO at, um, again, a leading uh, firm called Freud Communications. Um, uh, and from that, sort of made the leap, I guess, into digital um, and started another company um, with a, a, a good friend of mine called Kirk Ewing, um, which was called VMe, uh, Make Me Virtual. So, so this was, um, uh, I'm going to say this must be around sort of the 2009-10 uh, period. And, and, and VMe was all about um, actually looking at virtual worlds. It was actually creating content for PlayStation Home, uh, which mm-hmm. is has been brought onto uh, the PlayStation 3 console. Um, and so we helped create content for 
brands, um, but also sort of first-party content for for Sony PlayStation themselves, um, and sort of bring you know the, that connection between publishers, brands, and and, and the platform itself. Um, so that was a very early sort of view into what um, virtual worlds could look like. You know, the role of avatars and sort of digital twins, etc. Perhaps a bit before its time, really. And it was from the work with Vimi that um, uh, Kirk and I got very interested in, you know, augmented reality as it was sort of beginning to come to the fore. Uh, and as you say, we were <laughs> it's all about a, a bit of luck and timing, really. We were fortunate enough to meet um, uh, these two incredible people from the University of Cambridge, uh, Dr. Simon Taylor and, and Connell Gould. Uh, and Simon's writing his PhD on fast object recognition on handheld devices at the time. And Connell was building the platform around Simon's algorithms. Uh, and we happened to meet them in this uh, uh, chance meeting in, in London, um, and they showed us what they were up to with AR um, already then. You could think it's quite a long time ago, sort of 13 odd years ago now. And it was just astounding to see what they had already got working on on, on, on uh, mobile phones. And Kirk and I just looked at each other and said, we need to be in business with these two guys. They're amazing. Um, and I guess that's that's how it all started. The rest is, is history. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So. Um... Accessible QR codes. Well, the, the nice thing about podcasts is that you can share a lot of knowledge, um, mm -hmm. but you can't share the uh, the images uh, that easily because I've seen them, uh, but but some of the listeners might not be familiar with what we're talking about. So could you briefly explain what an accessible QR code is and what it does? Yeah, absolutely. I might sort of wind back a bit um, to, 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 to get to that point, which is, I guess, uh, as a business, Zapper has been working in around um, sort of retail and, and consumer packaged goods specifically for, for a number of years. Um, and what we've seen is that, uh, you know, many uh, brands and corporations have have understood um, now that we kind of get longer into the new sort of digital age and that sort of interaction between digital and, and physical that actually their, their packaged goods um, are rather passive in nature. You know, uh, the printed materials on there um, are in you know, uh, everybody's homes, um, not just on shelves in store. Um, uh, and they're almost, you know, a, a moment that's being missed in terms of having a connection and a conversation with those end users um, at point of use, not just point of purchase. And the great thing about sort of augmented reality is you can scan those packs and get um, different information then brought to life from the packaging itself. So we've been working with, with brands for a while um, uh, looking at that. Um, at the same time, obviously, you know, QR has is coming up to its 30th anniversary. Um, it's become massively sort of ubiquitous and universally understood, um, you know, through COVID as I guess that um, barcode, that sort of 2D barcode that everyone knows to scan and get some information from. Um, so I guess you've got these two different things. You've got um, big um, uh, CPGs going, actually our passive print is now perhaps our most valuable owned media and discovery channel. And at the same time, QR codes are becoming more ubiquitous and being used and put on you know, everything. Um, and thirdly, you've got you know coming up soon, um, um, some both legislative change and some change in uh, overall sort of governance of um, barcode schemes uh, on packaging. So moving from those traditional uh, UPC codes, as they're known, those sorts of funny lines that you see on packs and that you scan um, when you go to the shops um, uh, uh, and, and those are being sunsetted and QR codes are beginning to come in um, as their replacement. Um, because they can store more data, um, they take up less room, um, 
Uh, and indeed, there are some directives, say, in the EU for digital passporting coming, where brands need to tell more about their sort of sustainability credentials and um, uh, the origins of products and make that digitally available to, to users. So there's lots of stuff going on that means that, that a moment in time was coming where artwork on packs was being reimagined uh, for the mobile age. Um, and through this, you know, uh, in working with um, Unilever and, a, and a, a company called CEC, it came to, um, our, you know, a brief came to us to go, look, uh, we realized that our packaging is inaccessible to uh, blind and partially sighted people. Um, and that's to say that, you know, over 300 million people uh, uh, have uh, in the world are, are blind or partially sighted. Mm -hmm. They have an everyday struggle in terms of how they can uh, access product information on packs, um, which is something that as you know, a sighted person, you'd absolutely take for granted. Um, and so Unilever came to us with this sort of challenge of going, look, we are currently rolling out a, a, a QR connected pack strategy, you know, um, across our portfolio. It's going to be on billions and billions of packs. And we realize we have absolutely an opportunity now uh, to make those packs uh, more accessible to this large audience that we also serve. How could we go about that? Um, uh, you know, uh, and there are some constraints when you are uh, uh, an organization as big as Unilever uh, mm -hmm. in the, something that's got to be really scalable, um, really simple to action, and um, understands that there is very little room on uh, existing packaging to introduce, say, a new code scheme. Um, uh, and so uh, we came up with this idea because we've been working on um, some other technology, um, which was looking at trying to, again, find a, a specific code when it's very small in the camera view and when it's you know under fast motion. Um, and it became very clear that we could actually put that symbology, because it's just some dots and dashes, around the corner of a QR code. Um, so we could basically enhance the QR code, um, but in a way that is operationally super simple uh, to use. And in that sort of enhanced um, QR that we call an accessible QR code, what that means is that you can um, scan that QR code uh, from far greater distances than a normal QR code scanner. And when it's detected that um, accessible QR code in the camera view, um, it can announce to the user uh, what product category um, that uh, you're looking at. And it can, through uh, uh, sound, begin to guide that user closer to that packaging. Uh, and as they get closer, they can then get even more product information. In fact, all the product information related to that product um, that exists on the packaging. Um, so it instantly just gives a way to bring uh, sort of equity and parity in the world to access to information on pack, which basically should, I mean, should be a basic human right. Um, is, is <laughs> Absolutely. I Absolutely. I, I would never have imagined. And and as you said, as, as, as someone that doesn't have those side problems, you just take for granted that, that everyone basically can see this, but you, you mentioned 300 million people basically yeah. are, are the, the target audience for this. Um, could you, Indeed, yeah. So, so, so the example. I think you have an example on your on your website as well. But that's that's a Unilever example. Yes. Um, I think a, a Paracel brand, like a, like soap or washing soap. You're right. It's a washing powder for Paracel. washing powder. That's that's yeah. the one. So, so I'm just trying to imagine this. So people um, are are walking in a supermarket and they scan this from a distance and. What 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 does happen next? Because on the website it's it's pretty clear, but for our mm. listeners to visualize yes. this, it will be will be a little harder, I guess. 
Yeah, and I guess there are two important use cases to think about. And, and, and I should also say that, you know, obviously um, uh, within the blind and uh, partially sighted community, that there's there's varying severities of sight loss and, and different conditions to consider. You go from being, you know, uh, totally blind um, to having, you know, uh, uh, I guess, different degradations of, of, of sight. Um, sure. and, and obviously there is the use case in store. And there's also the one at home to consider. Um uh, and so the store one is one of being able to, um, I guess, uh, uh, be able to identify that those products when on shelf and make sure that you can um, uh, you're purchasing the one that you want. So it's in that personal example. There are actually a number of different uh, packs that if you were to close your eyes and pick them up, you know, say uh, there's one that's non-bio, there's one that's bio, there's one that's color protect. They're all the same shape and size uh, and weight. So you find it very hard to discern which one of those that you'd picked up. Um, but with an AQR, you're able to identify it earlier. Um, so it can tell you that it's personal. Um, it can tell you that it's personal bio versus personal non-bio. And then it can give you um, the product information related to that product. So it might be about um, could, uh, the warnings, for instance, you know, if you've got certain allergens, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, usage instructions and, and specifically that personal one, actually, um, uh, the opening instructions, because this was also a new pack format um, from personal that we originally launched on, which was introducing a, a completely sort of cardboard um, uh, uh, format. So, so, you know, no plastics, you know, making it fully recyclable as a product, which was a great innovation as well. But that means, you know, it has a different opening mechanism. Um, now, uh, for sighted people on the box, that's that is done through um, you know, sort of pictograms, you know, some some images. But clearly, what we need to do is translate those pictures into words, um, because when you scan, it uses the um, you know the accessibility features on your device to mm -hmm. uh, then read out that information, or indeed display it in large fonts, depending on you know how, what your uh, your cho chosen method of, of uh, receiving information is. So. Uh, I guess the experience in a in a store would be you 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 um, use either ZapVision reference app or indeed we've integrated ZapVision into three of the most popular uh, apps used by the blind and partially sighted. So that seeing AI and Envision and um, coming uh, very soon be my eyes. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, that would then tell you um, that uh, that it's detected this code on on Persil. Um, as I said, uh, an audio signature would guide the user closer to it to make sure that that um, package remains in, in, in the camera view. Um, and then it would allow someone to tap on a button to get all the product information in a nested format to do uh, with that. So as I said, ingredients, how-to information, um, uh, you know, redisposal, all that sort of good stuff. And then they could, they could pick it up and, and select it. But I think what's, what, what's so interesting is, you know, we often, as, as sighted people, get most sort of excited about the fact that you could scan these codes from distance, um, and that is indeed a, a you know a benefit, no doubt. Um, but certainly through the research that we did with with the RNIB, um, the sort of the, uh, the leading visual impairment institution here in the UK, uh, with um, uh, users, well, actually, it was the, the the importance of the structure of the information and how that information um, had been curated to be read out and be meaningful um, to, to users. And then actually, uh, that that use in the home was perhaps you know uh, uh, where they was even more important to them than than uh, uh, in the store. Now, it's obviously different for different people, um, but uh, yes, it's it's uh, it's sort of one of those almost wonderfully simple solutions, but importantly, um, for it to 
work has to scale within large organizations like Unilever. It has to fit within the way that they're approaching connected packaging uh, in order to make it a very, very simple uh, decision for uh, brand managers who you know have got lots of uh, uh, different tasks on their plate uh, to want to you know be able to execute because everyone everyone knows that it's the right thing to do and they want to be involved but the harder it is and the more it sits operationally outside of what they are already doing as a business then the the more complicated it is to, to implement so I think the beauty of our accessible QR solution is that um it, it works within the existing sort of supply chain and operational piece and data structures that large organizations have. It's a very, very simple art change, uh, artwork change that has, you know, um, this uh, really meaningful, um, uh, you know, potential to, to change people's lives. Love it. So I especially like uh, the way you you incorporated this or build it in within the existing uh, well apps or ecosystem that mm -hmm. that um, blind people and and um, um, well basically people that that can't. Well, what kind of people are using those apps? Because you you say one mm -hmm. one is coming out. It's it's be my eyes. Is that well? Correct? Be my eyes is an, is an incredible app, and it's been around for over a decade. And in fact, they've had some. Uh, really um, exciting and, and all transformational announcements they've made just this week uh, around the work that they are now doing with AI. Um, uh, they've been working with um, OpenAI for the last seven months. Mm -hmm. and they're just uh, beginning to release uh, what they call Be My AI, uh, a virtual assistant that uses the chat GPT-4 sort of vision uh, in order to be able to, you know, uh, understand what's in the camera view and in a conversational way, feed that back to the user. Wow. A really, really wonderful integration of our accessible QR um, sort of um, solution and that back-end structured information and what's happening with this virtual assistant in the What's wonderful about AI, especially, you know, in, in this use case for the blind and partially sighted is that, it, you know, it can, in a conversational way, you know, guide them through what's, you know, uh, on a plate of food in front of them, what's in the fridge and give them suggestions, etc. But it's when it comes to uh, unique product information, it is it, um, it's having to infer that from the information that it's receiving from the Internet. Um, and obviously, when it's uh, at a per skew level, so at an individual product level, you can't have the risk that it might give the wrong information about, um, you know, ingredients or allergens or instructions. It, it, you, you have to know that it is unambiguous and trusted and right. Um, and because that is at the core of what we're delivering in the structured information for an accessible QR code, we can ingest that information from that database into Be My Eyes, you know, um, wow. implementation of, of, um, of um, uh, OpenAI for their virtual assistant. And then you have this perfect marriage of knowing that that information's right. They can then have these, you know, wonderful assisted journeys that then springboard from what you've got on packaging to, you know, the meal you want to cook or, you know, uh, helping you with your washing or all those sorts of things. Um, so it's, uh, it's, 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 it's wonderful to see. And the reaction that I know that Be My Eyes have got from their you know, um, uh, implementation of, of, of OpenAI even now is, is um, humbling to, to read. Well, it's, and it's it's a brilliant use of technology that I could talk about for hours, um, mm. but when we're we're almost through our time. Um, what I am gonna do is I'm gonna uh, put the link in the show notes to zapper.com/appvision where mm. you explain the case, etc. People 
uh, and and listeners can read everything about that personal case and how that that worked, etc. But the last thing that I would like to hear from you is is how was the feedback from the blind and partly sighted community on this? Have you have well, do you have any feedback? What do you what do they think? Well, I mean, I, I think there's there's two things to say. There is is you know it was super important that throughout this that we work closely with the RNIB and indeed you know use their sort of expert assessment of the the um, Zapfish app and SDK that we've we've delivered and indeed you know been through you know, a couple of rounds of, of user testing in order to get that all important feedback um, uh, from the community and and I should say that in a way. Um, the, the computer vision solve of detecting the codes is one thing. The bit that is incredibly nuanced and which there is obviously a lot of edge cases for, for you know, different people's own lived experiences and different side conditions is the user experience. You know, and what happens actually when you've got four, five, six, seven, eight products in front of you, all with AQRs on them, that is then announcing, you know, those, those products and what order do you put it in and what's mm-hmm. them. So there's lots of actual sort of user interface and experience pieces to think about. And that journey has just started, you know, and I think. Um, so the, the feedback when uh, people um, uh, in the community use it is incredibly positive. And, and and part of the reason I think there is because you have to remember that you're, you're starting from a position of having had no help and no uh, access to that information at all to having now some help and access to it. Yeah, so you- it's quite a that's 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 an amazing step. However, it, we are at the very start of a journey, um, and, and I think what's what's wonderful is to get you know to get that feedback and understand where we can make improvements, and you know uh, in a way that you know this is this is going to be a marathon because it's wonderful that you know thought leading and you know um, uh, brands like Unilever have really embraced this and they are now rolling this out on you know many many more products, um, and there, there are other also um, uh, big. CPG brands um, who are now um, following suits, which I can't mention yet until they're they're brought out. But it's going to take, you know, for this to be wholly useful for the community, we need to um, really get this on as many products as possible. Um, and that's why it's so important to have that integration into those different apps like BMIS, but also seeing AI and Envision, because that's the other thing that came from research and from the community is please put this technology in the apps that we already use in our daily lives. Sure, you know? yeah. Um, so it, it's 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 positive. It is very early days. There's lots of work to do, um, lots of things still to learn, and I'm sure improvements to make. But it's wonderful to be starting this journey. Um, and, you know, I guess we don't really want to stop until we, hopefully we have got to that stage of being able to say access to information is now available to everyone everywhere. And with wow. that bit, place to be cool love that so um with that i would like to end this interview and um again i will share a link to your website as well as your linkedin profile so should you have heard anything as a listener that you want to know more about just reach out to casper and um he'll be happy to answer all your questions Uh, with that casper thank you very much for being on the uh, marketing technology podcast oh nice thank you i really appreciate it Thanks for listening to this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or iTunes. Also, if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, shoot me an email on e.crum at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening.